Hi, and welcome to Black on the Mat, the space where culture, community, and yoga intersect through our lived experiences. We're your host, I'm Danielle. And I'm Seisha. Join us on this journey to bring representation and shed light on often overlooked stories on the yoga mat. We're creating an accessible roadmap into yoga for Black people, building a community in this predominantly white space. And letting folks already into yoga know that we're here. How are you doing, girl? I, I'm okay. I'm glad I have personally had my time on the mat for the day. <laughs> it makes a big difference in the start of the process. How are you? I am wishing I had my time on the mat. I got stuck in a TikTok scroll and I was like, I'm going to do my yoga. And I was like, oh, well, I ran out of time. <laughs> it makes a difference. <laughs> and so I'm like, dang, well, we'll just do it right after right after because we're almost no, at, absolutely we're almost at a thousand days of my I'm sorry that's a lie we're almost at 500 days of my thousand day meditation <laughs> mm. I am excited so today yes. we're talking about the misconceptions of yoga because I feel like people think yoga is one thing and I'll be the first one to admit I was one of those people I say people think I'm like I was formerly one of those people I'm a recovering yoga ain't for me <laughs> person so, <laughs> I, and you know and I would agree I think that's a lot of people's stories that we hear things or we see especially for a long time we saw a certain perception of yoga um and then you just make decisions from what you hear and what you see versus like actually experiencing things and having discussions. So here we are having the discussion. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you feel is like probably like the top or one of the top misconceptions people think when they think about yoga? When I first started teaching yoga and I told people I was into yoga, all of a sudden the immediate response was yoga is for white people. Facts. <laughs> I mean, is it? But that's what I thought. I'm like, oh, for me, this is for others. <laughs> right. But yoga is for white people. And I was like, mm hmm. And so the thing is that I'm here to change that. That was literally <laughs> like the conversation. And it was a very easy role that yoga is for white people and specifically for like skinny white women. Mm hmm. That is who yoga is for and is built for. And I feel like that was what was obviously what was presented the most in mainstream media or whatever representation of media um, of yoga representation in media of yoga <laughs> that there was um, that it was just all like I said, like skinny white people. They all lived in these places that had pure white walls and you yeah, can see their hip bones killing me. <laughs> you know I'm right you know that was the image like you because you could see it <laughs> maybe a maybe a a, a seafoam green or a, a a light gray and that's the best you got everything else is just like it's just pure and it's like oh wow yoga is for like pure and what what do you just it's a real thing it's an activity yeah and you didn't see us like I, you know, yoga has been around for years and I don't feel I started seeing people in the yoga scene until the 2000s. And I don't even want to say early 2000s. I feel like it was still later that you didn't see us. And so when you mm -hmm. don't see us, 
the automatic situation and then we're and there's not the inclusivity to have yoga studios in our neighborhoods you're like oh this ain't for me because I gotta go to the white part of town to do a yoga class so that's it's telling me already this ain't for me so I told that's for them yeah 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 absolutely and then another big one is that yoga especially like men like yoga is for women Mm -hmm. And, and I'll say that still, um, there is like a lack of representation for far more for men than it is for women. Like I can find a plus size woman, a skinny woman, a woman of all shapes and sizes and colors. When it comes to men, it's like three profiles. (laughs) Yeah, it is. I mean, and I think it's kind of the same thing as it was for seeing people of color, I think more men are getting into yoga. You're seeing athletes are getting like professional athletes are showing up and doing yoga. And so it's becoming, again, more accessible when we see more people who look like us in the male perspective as well, then you're like, oh, yoga is for, it can be for me, but we, we just have absolutely a lot. Right. Um, and that, and that has been, I feel like a big hindrance and like part of the reason that we wanted to do this, right? Like your, the, what you see and who you see doing it really makes a difference of what you believe is possible. Mm. Um, and so it's just really the misconception that it is impossible that we don't do this. We don't belong in this space. Yeah. What do you feel, um, about when people just say, oh, yoga is just stretching. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That goes with my other one. It's like, oh, you have to be flexible to yoga. Um, If that was Mm -hmm. the case, I don't think I'd really be on the mat. (laughs) Uh, And that's real talk. Like I used to be a lot more flexible, but I'm not as flexible as I used to be. I don't, I think people say that all the time and it is kind of I feel bad because people are like, oh, it's not a real workout. It's just a stretching class. And I can do that before I lift all my weights. What people don't realize is yoga is just as physical demanding as a weight class, as a boot camp. Um, and you don't think about it. I mean, it's the same thing I think when people think about Qigong, people think, oh, it's not really, you're not doing much. You're just moving your hands. Little you know, you're moving some serious things and there oh, is some much. exercises. And so- uh, I just find it, you know, it's disappointing when people think it's just stretching because it's, it's more, it's, it's about the balance. It's about strength. I mean, you look at classes like what you teach vinyasa, you're holding these poses and you're doing these things that, you know, tree pose. I'm like, why would anyone want to put a leg up on their leg on one, one leg and then stand forever and then try to balance the other way. And it's just like, that don't make any sense to me. And then I flip it to what I do, Kundalini. It's like I was teaching a class yesterday and it felt, you know, very normal. Like your hands are all the way up and you're doing this. But we're doing this for four minutes and 30 seconds. You know, it was fine the first minute. Then I was like, oh, my hands are killing me. And you just don't realize the amount of exercise and physicality that goes into what seems so simple until... Dun, da, da, da. you try it 
Right. So there's, and as we said, like some of the different styles of yoga, right? Like, so you get into those little tiny touch points and those, those spaces where you're working muscles that you haven't really worked in a long time. And honestly, it's the same thing with vinyasa. Like people that come to a vinyasa class, they're like, I haven't had to hold, to put my leg up in a three-legged down dog. I have to do, I have to both, I have to balance my weight on my hands and my feet. And this is like, there's, there's so much there as far as like the, the required physicality of it that I feel like is ignored and that it's like, oh, it's, it's not a, but like not a real workout, but it's like your muscles, you're worked, you're tired. Um, and then the benefits that people get, like yoga was introduced, I feel like to the, um, Western culture as workout only, Right. And then we kind of had to explore the ideas more or somebody had to know to kind of give you (laughs) the sense like, no, no, no. Yoga also is this yoga does more than that. There's philosophies. There's, Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's limbs, there's grounding in it. There's a lot of breathing. There's so many things that go with it. You're not you. It's not just the physical shapes that you can put your body in. Um, so it seems like it's just stretching because you don't know that there's more value, but then there's so much more value. Yeah. And that goes back to another point that we were talking about earlier is that, okay, there's the value and it's more than just a workout. There is a, there can be a spiritual aspect to it and depending on the different types of yoga, because myth is there's only one type of yoga and there's 50 million other types of yoga. And then, you know, I know right. people, some of my black friends are like, oh, no, I'm Christian. I don't do that. I was like, oh, wait, mm. oh my. <laughs> <laughs> no, this other person right behind you. And that other person over there, you can, it's not a religion. There's a difference mm-hmm. between spirituality and religion. Like, what are your thoughts on, on that aspect of yoga? Um. So funny story specifically about that. Um. When I did my yoga teacher training, I was... <laughs> So I was still married and I was still attending the church that I was going to, uh, that we went to. And people asked me, some people really asked me some thoughtful questions. So I appreciate that they weren't just judgmental. Um, but we had the discussion of like, well, you know, it's against, I've heard this, it's demonic. It's against Christianity and this, that, and the other. And there's a few things, a few thoughts that I have about this. Um, one, we make shapes that are named after certain, um, Hindu, uh, gods, and just members of their stories from mythology and they claim it as mythology right and so if you believe in your god what myth can stand against that that has always been my number one right if this is stated as mythology do you have you ever been concerned and have you ever been concerned about anybody else's mythology does it stand against your god because then it shouldn't and to be fi- to be fair you and I personally have had the religious conversation, I believe, but like when we talk about God and and respecting God and reaching for God in religious practices, God is just a translation. I mean, Allah is just a translation for God, right? This this isn't a different God. This is God. Yeah. Right. Versus, right. Versus all the gods that you, if it's a main God up in the skies, one God, it's God. It is not like this God and that God versus again, the Hindu mythology and things when we go into like, the Mayan cultures and things that go back to where there are different gods and different intentional praising for that God. It's still like, this isn't that (laughs) we are not sitting here praising all of these, um, 
all of these different gods necessarily, we are making shapes in our bodies that represent their stories. Um, and I think every type of culture, especially, well, besides American culture, we have other things. Every indigenous type of culture or every like um, country that you go to really that has their own type of culture, cultural history, has their stories, right? Mm -hmm. Has their myths, has their things that like children learn, nursery rhymes. We have nursery rhymes. Like it's that same kind of thing, like as far as understanding the story behind it. And then our level of understanding, we learn lessons, learn life lessons about sharing and understanding yourself and all this stuff. That's what's bound up in it. Um, and so when I had this conversation with this woman specifically, she was saying like, you know, I'm worried about this and that. And I showed her some poses and she said, oh, we do those as stretches. Stretches when? Before liturgical dance? <laughs> so either you've already sinned, baby, or it doesn't matter. And I'm actually leaning towards it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, right. And so and and then my the third part of that, the big thought that I always question people with is if you've never felt challenged by Greek mythology, then why are you concerned with Hindu mythology? Why is it a problem? Is it because the people are brown? Because we learned that that evil stuff, evil stories, evil this, evil that, demonic this, demonic that comes from comes from Africa, comes from India, comes from brown people. And just stories that are cool and fun, whatever, come from people that aren't brown. And it's like, so how much of that do you really want to take on and accept? Or do you want to actually acknowledge it and fight against it? And, you know, and I don't, it, it, I, honestly, I just think people don't even go that deep. They're like, it's a religion. I don't do that. I don't think people know even what religion they think that it is religion. If you said someone says, oh, it's a religion, and you ask them what religion, be like, oh, yoga? Because they, mm -hmm. that's how much they don't know. Because again, you have the parts of yoga that come from, you know, the Egyptian culture, you, you know, go to all the different temples and you see they were doing yoga just as well. And mm -hmm. so, and then people say that, you know, oh, well, that's our, that we were the originals. Well, if the Egyptians are the originals and you're claiming them, why aren't you claiming the practice that they did? So I think mm -hmm. people don't, aren't intentionally ignorant per se, but I'm saying- <laughs> Willfully. <laughs> but I'm saying that they just like, it's this assumption. I don't know any better. This is what I think it is. And so this is what it, this is what I'm going to, this is how I'm going to base it on. It's just like a lot of people are like, oh, I don't eat that. Nah, have you had that before? No, I don't eat that. I don't eat that kind of food. Have you ever tried it? Do you know anyone? No, no, but I don't, I don't eat that. Type. <laughs> it's I, let me tell you, it's, and that's, it's for me personally, as a turn off. I'm not dating necessarily at this time. <laughs> But it is absolutely a turnoff, like your close mindedness to even trying it or, you know, like regardless of what it is, your close mindedness, huge turnoff. Because it's like yoga along. I mean, and this is part of the reason why I guess I get it. Yoga, along with other religions, has a belief system, right, has a system of um, of expectations and standards and a way you carry yourself. But it's it's the matter of thinking and applying. And I think the biggest thing that people don't get about like the concept of religion versus yoga is like for religions and religious practices, you go to someone, you go to this place, you have, and you're supposed to, right? This is, I'm praying to God. I'm praying to this. 
I am praying for that. I am praying versus I am meditating and going in. I am reflecting and going in. I am working on my physical practice and going inside and acknowledging it for myself. And I honestly feel like part of the, I don't even know if it's a misconception. I think it's an intentional teaching that you shouldn't do that. Of course, it's an intentional teaching. Look <laughs> at history. Hello. They took right. away a bunch of people when, they, when slaves came over here. They intentionally tried to shift them into something else. And the same thing mm-hmm. with this. It's like, oh, no, this seems like the devil's worship. And no, you need to we need to <laughs> call it something. So people it's it's propaganda. It is propaganda. Mm-hmm. It's coming back to something that can help you without the need of Western medication and paying all these doctors and all these other different things. Like I, I get the closed mindedness because I was closed minded most of my life. Like I totally see it, understand it. Like that's why I said I was, I'm recovering. This ain't for me yoga, like yoga, yoga ain't for me. It's for others. But I feel like what I didn't realize until I got into it is the spiritual practice that came through yoga that I need, that I get, Mm. that has given me clarity on who I am as a person. It's given me clarity on, oh, is this what I really want? Or this is what I'm really stressing about. And I've been able to figure out, oh, okay, as I breathe, I'm holding tension in this part of my body, which I now know is part that connects to my kidney, that connects to fear. And I wouldn't know that without these practices and being able Mm -hmm. to work through different things without having to take medication. And I just don't, I don't, I'm not saying I'm like woo-woo completely, because I think that's another, you know, ideal people like, oh, you must be like Erica Badu and you're always in like, no, try me. I'm not. What? Why is Erica Badu the only spiritual black person that we have ever heard of or know? Because who else? Like- would you- but seriously, I mean, yes, there are. Who else would you name? Lenny Kravitz, <laughs> who just had the video of him, but booty naked, not very spiritual. That's just, you know, showing the ass, which I'm not mad at. But who else? Listen. Lenny, I'm sir, sorry. if you ever want to come on the show, you're welcome. We yeah. would like to yeah. <laughs> come any way you want. Uh, you know, listen. But yeah, I anyway. you don't, I don't, it's, it's that when someone says, oh, you are spiritual or, oh, you are into yoga or you're into Zen or whatever. They think, oh, you're like Erica because there is no other reference. And I don't even know if she does yeah. yoga. I don't. And I don't even know um, what religion she is or spirituality that she does care to. I don't know. But someone, when you say, oh, I, I'm vegan. Oh, you're like Erica. Oh, you wrap your head. You must be, you know, you must be really, you know, spiritual and all peace. Right. What happened to India Reeve? <laughs> like we, and then, and so did you know, fun fact, I don't know if you know, you probably knew, but our listeners may not know. Eartha Kitt did yoga. I am a big fan personally of Eartha Kitt. Um, and there are pictures of her, like we're talking 40, yeah. 50 years ago. Outfit. Do yep, doing her yoga. She's got a mat. And I want to say she's like on a mat on a cement floor, like hardcore, you know. Um, and that is, I feel like something that we should know more as people. Like 
as a community, you know, and the fact that she saw it as something that was valuable to her. She obviously definitely shared that with the people around her, but that wasn't mainstream at the time at all for us. You know, um, and I'll say that even I do believe there was an insurgence um, a long time ago as well, because my grandma, when I started teaching yoga, she was she still had her faculties at that time. And she told me about her doing yoga. And she literally said, like, I, don't, I just I don't know. It also changes your mind. And I, I, huh, I'm i a little iffy about that. And it's like, yeah, it changes your mind or in good. a beautiful way. My childhood might have been nicer if you had actually stuck with somebody's yoga. <laughs> We'll I'm never know. We had yoga when I was younger and life would have been different. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Maybe I got less beatings. <laughs> maybe. Maybe, right? They wish she wouldn't have been as quick to say, listen, a backhand across the... Anyway, we, we're healing. We're healing. <laughs> we're healing. We're healing. But like, I do want people to realize just because you practice yoga doesn't mean you have now crossed into and you've become ritualized into what people assume an Erica Badu person is like. You are not automatically woo-woo. You can do yoga and listen to trap music and shake your ass in the club the next day or the same mm-hmm. day because, oh, you can shake your ass in a yoga class because there's trap yoga. So it's like, absolutely, you don't have, it doesn't mean because I do this, I'm now that. It doesn't mean because you do this, I'm now like a monk and I don't eat meat and I, you know, I see love. I never listen to anything that is negative or love and light vibrational quote unquote. Yeah. Or love and light, love and light, love and light. No, that ain't me. And that used to, but also I had that misconception. It is me to some degree. And I get that, but I came in feeling uncomfortable doing this practice that I love because I was like, well, I don't, I didn't, when I first started doing yoga, I'm like, I don't want to wrap my head. I don't mm-hmm. want to wear that. I don't want to, like, I'm not this complete Zen person. And I felt like, well, how can I be doing this practice and not be love and light to everyone? Peace. Namaste. I actually hate the word namaste. I'm not going to lie. I actually hate namaste. And I, and I, I feel almost guilty saying I hate namaste. It just feels so fake to me. Mm. It doesn't feel real. And so I don't say it. I'll say ashe, which is Mm. an Egyptian version of namaste. And I'm fine with that. Because it resonates with me. Well, what I, I, and I appreciate that. And I feel like though, that is a thing that if you um, talk to, or if you follow um, Susan Bartaki, She talks about this a lot that like we shouldn't be saying namaste at the end of classes regardless because it is a greeting and it is allegedly a greeting for someone that you see in a higher light. So like if I said this to my pastor or a teacher, right? Like so if maybe if the student said it to me as the teacher walking in the room, not saying that I want it, but it would make sense versus me saying it to everyone at the end. It's like saying hello person that I revere at the end. like. Now, at the same time, I kind of personally, this is just me. This is just Aisha. I feel like it's one of those things that does kind of work because at the end of a vinyasa class, you go through your shavasana, you you died on this mat. So hello, new person that came. Welcome to whatever happens after this, because I and I feel it that way. 
And I feel like that just, that does make sense to me, but I'm not going to go against the way the practice is. It's something that already exists, right? So I can respect it. Because we would say Satnam. Satnam is truth is my identity. Your, your truth, your true self. It's like, I see you. Satnam to us is like, Hey, I see you. I see the true you. And I'm okay with that. So we don't say namaste at the end. We say satna mm-hmm. at the end. It's like, I see your true self. So it's very similar. But again, two different practices of the same thing called yoga. Right. Absolutely. Uh, what's the craziest misconception you've ever heard? It's not the craziest, but I feel like it's a common one is that like, that you have to be silent constantly. Mm. I don't think it's the craziest, but I think it's one of those ones that people don't always think about. It's like, oh, gotta be quiet. Your mind has to be like gone. Yes. So not even the physical quiet. Oh no. Fully zen. Fully. Completely. I live in I live in the ether. Um (laughs) you gotta be Beyonce on mute. Beyonce just said everyone on mute. And you just live in this like perfect state of whatever. Yeah. For an hour, you got to be on mute. And that is such a lie, honey. Mm -hmm. And like, how can I be on mute when there's music playing? Why do I need to do this? Most of the time, there's some sort of music, even if it's sitar music or something more traditional, there's something, right? Especially here, you know, like if you go to an ashram in India, maybe that's not the experience, but here, yeah, there's probably music. You have something going on. Um, and like, so quieting the mind versus silencing the mind. That's a huge thing. That's real. Yeah. I feel like um, that's a big one that I had to overcome again with, again, with meditation and with yoga. It's like, well, I don't know how these, and I go, maybe it's a white, and that was goes back. Maybe this is a white <laughs> thing. This black girl is thinking about the cute little ass a guy in the class. Oh, he looks cute in that little outfit. They're like, oh, how did she get her leg like that? Or I'm hungry. What do we eat after this class? Those are always kind of the random thoughts or like, okay, let's try to quiet the mind. You know, let's hear Beyonce put everyone on mute. No, that didn't work. I tried everything. I've tried everything and it's not working. And I used to feel that this wasn't for me because I couldn't do it. And mm. I realized that it wasn't about quieting. Like it wasn't about silencing the mind. You right. can welcome, recognize and witness. And, and release. On. Yeah. And keep moving yeah. and keep yeah. moving. But I also going back to the point you were talking about with silencing, a lot of classes, you are quiet. You're not saying anything. You're just focusing on breathing. And those were the types of yogas that I first started doing where I am now. We chant all the time. I hella love chanting. It's like just singing in choir. It's like, I love mm-hmm. these songs. And some songs, you just get you in a zone to where when I'm chanting, the mind is now quiet, which I found interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you mm-hmm. ever do any chanting, but for me, when I chant, that's when my mind gets the quietest. See, I I feel like mine is quiet in the movement. That's why I love vinyasa. If I I connecting my body, like the movement to the flow, mm-hmm. I can't think about sh- shit else. Like <laughs> I am here. I my fingertips are pointed forward. My toes are tucked. My pelvic bone is wrapped into my spine. You know, like <laughs> I yeah. can't focus 
on my big toe pointing 45 degrees to the left and also wonder about what's on my grocery list. I can't do those things at the same time. That That's not how mind, my mind works. So my mind is happy on the mat and like right after the mat. It's like, okay. Yeah. <sighs> All those 90 million things that were happening in my brain from from a whole 30 seconds before my eyes opened today in bed. Uh, that to find that level of like relaxation, again, a quiet mind, not a silent mind. Cause do I still have to do things? Sure. Am I still hungry now? Absolutely. But it's not like, okay, so now I have to eat this. I have to do this. I have to do this. I have to open this. I have to email this. I have to, it's just like, let me eat something. Yeah. <laughs> and then I can continue. Yeah. You're right. I just feel like, you know, at the end of the day, I want people to recognize that yoga spaces are for them. Because I think what we talked about in the beginning of this episode is that people think, oh, it's not for me because I don't see anyone looks like me. We're here. We're literally doing this podcast so that we're here, that there are, and that, and we want to change this fact that, it, you know, it's not inclusive. We are doing it by teaching every week. We're doing it by having this podcast. We're doing it by telling you that yoga is more than probably what you think it is, but you'll never know if you don't give it a try. Yeah. Period. Right. And give it a try. And like, and that's the thing, all the laughs that we have had during this episode, I want them to be community laughs, right? I want this to be a community space to laugh at the things that we thought, not laughing at you, not laughing at you specifically, at me specifically laughing at us. No, we are laughing at like the silliness of these ideas and we can create our real understanding of like, nope, we belong in this space. There's R&B and trap music here too. There is movement and laughter here too. There, you know, there's a space for us to exist here in this, not not despite this. Yeah. So just try it. So just try it. I think that brings us to a nice place to wrap it up, right? So definitely explore yoga with an open mind. By there are resources, we provide resources on our pages um, and they're down in the caption because that's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us today on Black on the Mat. Let's continue connecting, sharing our stories and sowing the benefits of having a yoga practice in your life. Subscribe to Black on the Mat on Instagram, TikTok and YouTube. I'm Seisha and you can find me at Thick Thigh Yoga on all social media platforms and ThickThighYoga.com. I'm Danielle, and you can find me at Hello Well with Danielle on IG, YouTube, and HelloWellWithDanielle.com.